We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? Uh, it is your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for day two of KFS Lunch Break here on Trade Deadline Week. I signed off yesterday saying that uh, surely by tomorrow at lunchtime, we would have some trades or at least some juicy rumors to talk about. Well, all is quiet on the Western Front, um, perhaps the quiet or the calm before the storm. We had one little trade between Miami and uh, the Spurs today, um, a salary ro- uh, or excuse me, a roster clearing move for the Heat trading D- Dwayne Dedman and uh, I believe it was a second round draft pick to the Spurs. Not much to talk about there. My suspicion, and uh, I'll be going on with Jake Fisher and Ian Bagley on the putback later. I hope to get a chance to, to ask Jake this uh, as to why there is not a lot of activity so far. Is This is just a guess, literally just a guess. But I wonder if it isn't that there are two teams in particular holding so many of the cards that it is leading to the inactivity. And I would say... Those two teams, again, just my guess, would be Toronto and Utah. Um, so I am sure both of them will come up in some of the questions that we're getting today. As always, um, everybody out there, please, please, please submit your questions. I know that we already have a few lined up, so that's why I don't want to talk too much longer. I want to maximize our time here, get through as much as possible before um, I have to hop off. So without further ado, Andrew Claudio, if you want to... Get the ball rolling. Let's skiddy up. Okay. Sam L starts us off. Very impressed with the product on the court this season based on expectations heading into the year. It does hurt that Jalen Williams was right here. Uh, Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that comment. I was watching. I only got a chance to watch most of the first quarter of uh, Oklahoma City Golden State last night. Um, And they're doing the double Jalen Williams. It's so funny. They They actually put up the graphic on, I think it was the Warriors broadcast. Arkansas Jalen Williams and Santa Clara Jalen Williams. That's that's how they describe them. Yeah, Jalen Williams is good. Um, and he's a guy, like we always talk about Grimes, he's a guy that could plop into any team. Jalen Williams, same thing. That dude could plop into any team. And I think he would actually give the Knicks a lot of what ails them. But ball movement, you know, kind of secondary initiator, creator, whatever you want to say. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do with the protected picks. Right. And uh, we'll go from there. But good comment to start us off. Slay from Florida. Hey, Macri, first time chatter, long time listener. Well, welcome aboard. Wanted to get your opinion on any potential targets that can serve two masters, both as helpful bench pieces 
as well as expiring money for 2024 free agency. Um, I should bad job by me. I should already have the Knicks um, cap sheet up. But I, I guess my initial response to that comment is twofold. Um, one, if you go on the premise that the Knicks are going to have the following players on the roster come the summer of 2024. Um, Julius Randle, uh, Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson. Um, Got to throw Quentin Grimes in there. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Emmanuel quickly on a fair extension, uh, which I'm pegging at something north of $10 million for sure, but maybe something south of $15 million. And I think I'm forgetting someone. I think I did these calculations without including um, either. Okay, let's do this. Either RJ Barrett or a salary commensurate with about what RJ Barrett makes. With just those six guys, and actually Jericho Sims, you want to throw Jericho Sims in there, although I think even if you take Jericho Sims out, that this works. Same thing with Miles McBride. Um, I don't see a way for them to have max cap space. I'm pretty sure I did this exercise plopping in OG Ananobi salary instead of RJ Barrett. And it's the same deal. Like they won't, they won't have max space when you factor in other likely things like rookie salary, like a rookie salary slot, or even like just, you know, salary cap holds for, for guys that aren't on the roster. So like, I know we keep gearing up for 2024. Jeremy talks about this all the time. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's about clearing max cap space. I think it might be having more, maximum flexibility. Um, and the other part of this that I would say is like, they already have a player on the roster who kind of fits that bill and it's Evan Fournier. Now, Evan Fournier, I don't know if that qualifies the first of your two masters, which is being a helpful bench piece because despite what he did the other night, the other night he hasn't really, he hasn't really been that. I don't, to me, there's, there's no, there's no obvious guy that comes to mind. I mean, I'm just making double checking his contract to make sure this guy. Yeah. Like even Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso's a guy that everybody loves. Alex Caruso's salary goes into 24, 25. Now Alex Caruso's great. And we love, I would love Alex Caruso on this team, but like that doesn't serve both of these masters. I, I, I've looked through a lot of potential deals. I, I don't, I don't really see the most obvious fit there other than I'll steal one from Fred Katz. Um, Gary Harris. So Gary Harris is has a non-guaranteed date for next season. So they could actually non-guarantee his $13 million for 23-24. But that's a guy that's $13 million in expiring salary after the 23-24 season. Maybe that qualifies. Gary Harris, I think, is he a helpful bench piece? Yeah, he could be a helpful bench piece. You want to throw Mo Bamba in there too? Throw Mo Bamba in there too. Um, I had someone pitch a fake trade to me, which would have brought back Bamba and Gary Harris on uh, the Substack uh, chat this morning. So that's the best I can come up with right now, but I, I appreciate the question and your thought process there for sure. Robert Cross, what's going on, Rob? Always good to hear from you. It's your boy, John. I awoke last night, then I read your newsletter. Big mistake. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I want to make you go back to sleep? I couldn't sleep for hours. First call, it's now you. What gives? Hashtag save OB. <sighs> I, again, I wrote it a few days ago and I'll say it now I want to save my thoughts for like 
what trading Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin would mean for like how we view this front office and this coach and this regime and the whole thing until he's actually traded. I think everything you're hearing about Obi now and kind of what I wrote today is more just kind of coming to grips with the reality of the situation and assessing the probability that the situation will change such that the valuation of this player and part and parcel with that, his ability to impact the court, with the play on the court in a more meaningful way that is that is happening right now, if that will change. Um, it's this is just this is a reckoning. This is a reckoning that's been two and a half years in the making. And we're here now. And this, you know, and credit to Jeremy because he's kind of been touting this point. And it's not because Jeremy doesn't like Obi Toppin, it's not because I don't like Obi Toppin. Although I think there's <laughs> There's if he doesn't get moved this deadline, I think there's a reason, and I don't think it's not because the Knicks weren't willing to move him. I think it's because nobody else in, around the league values him at the point where the Knicks may feel like someone else would need to value him for it to be worth it for them to move him. That's neither here nor there. But like the time to do it, if you're if you think you're going to wind up doing it anyway, the time to do it is probably now. Um, yeah, I hope that answered your question, Robert. Sorry if it was a bit wishy washy. Juanan, what's going on, Juanan? Again, great to hear from you. I get to hear from you in multiple formats now, which is nice. Thank you, KFS team, for doing these. We touched on this on the Discord. So minus Indiana. Minus Indiana. Taking the easy answer away for me here. What is your ideal trade destination would be for Obi as a player, just in terms of fit? So you mentioned you mentioned um, Denver, which Again, I think Denver is interesting, but as you pointed out, Denver already has, or as we talked about, Denver already has Aaron Gordon. Like he does some of the same things that Obi Toppin does, and he also provides like all world, all world defense. So I don't know if if that. I mean, to me, honestly, I'm I'm just gonna. I hope I, I'll probably get pushback from this, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. I don't see any team that is that has the goal of winning let's say winning a playoff series this year or even honestly on maybe even just like getting into the playoffs and making some noise in the first round i don't see any of those teams being a team that's like we're going to trade for obi toppin because we feel like there are 25 minutes a night for him here or more i I just don't see that team because all of the teams that are in the thick of the playoff race now, I mean, I'm going to, I'm literally double checking as I'm saying this. I'm pretty sure they're kind of set in terms of their rotations, in terms of the guys that they feel comfortable putting on the floor. Um, again, such that like, I don't, you want to tell me like, there's something that maybe the Hawks could do where if they send out John Collins, like Obi Toppin would be essentially a John Collins replacement, except he wouldn't be making $25 million a year. He's making much less money and they could try to shoehorn that in, but they also wouldn't feel the need to play him as much. So like, you know, Atlanta is a fit, you know, I think the big complaint from Atlanta or from John Collins, excuse me, with Atlanta is that, he feels like he has more ball skills than to be pigeonholed into the role that he's pigeonholed, where he's essentially at best third on the depth chart. Um, so Atlanta, Atlanta is an answer I would give you. Um, other than, I mean, other than that though, I would say 
just get him to a team. I mean, you so Utah. Utah's another one. Again, that should be obvious. I don't see any reason why. But even in Utah, like, fine. Let's say the Jazz move on from Kelly Olenek, who's currently starting for them, right? They're going to keep starting Walker Kessler. And if anything, wouldn't they want to maybe push Markkinen to the four? You want to tell me they could trade, swap out Olenek and, and put Obi in that in that spot? Okay, maybe. That's possible, I guess. Um, you know, but they have some other guys that that they like. Ogbaji, like, you know, he's not really getting a whole lot of time right now. Like, do they want to give him time if they trade out someone? Maybe, maybe San Antonio. San Antonio would be my only other one. Yeah. Ben Kim Gervy. Hey, Juanan, what's your take on Golden State as an OB destination? Um, again, that's a team that's trying to win a championship this year. And they're already having like issues. Like, I think I, again, I like the idea of Obi Toppin in that system, but who's he taking minutes from? He's not taking minutes from Draymond Green. He's not taking minutes from um, uh, Kevin, Kevon Looney, who has a really important role there. Uh, he's not taking the occasional minutes in the playoffs when things, when it gets down to nut cutting time, not taking minutes from when they have to play Andrew Wiggins at the four. And they have a guy that they just spent the seventh pick on the draft on a year after the Knicks spent the eighth pick on the draft on Obi Toppin and Jonathan Kuminga, who's shown, I think enough nice signs that they would rather invest those minutes in Kuminga than in Toppin. So again, we could talk up and down about all the different places that Obi Toppin could go and maybe his 12 to 15 minutes a night in some other situation would look better than his 12 to 15 minutes a night here. But ultimately we're still talking about 12 to 15 minutes a night. And what is a team giving up? For a guy that is a, several, a few months away from a potential contract extension, contract extension discussions, to 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 play this amount of time, I, that's why I have trouble with these Obi trades. You know, thanks, Ben. Appreciate it, Luke Johnson. Hey, John. Do you think that Tibbs would prefer the front office to say put or get a guy like Vanderbilt? Having absolutely no, like. Just be very clear about this. Zero insight as to what the real answer to this question is. Just my personal guess. My guess would be that he would like to see a guy like Vanderbilt and wouldn't mind probably swapping out Obi for Vanderbilt because, and I wrote about this today, Vanderbilt's a hell of a rebounder on both offensive and defensive glass. Um, he's a pretty good passer. Um, I did not realize that, that Jared Vanderbilt had a 15 assist percentage this year. Which, like, again, you want to chalk some of that up to Utah system. That's fine. He's also more than a year younger than Obi Toppin. And we've seen this guy develop in the pros as it is. There's a reason it seems like a dozen teams are, are looking to maybe get their hands on this guy. Because the defensive versatility, which is what I think the obvious bonus for Tibbs would be, the, the defensive versatility is is there. And my bigger question isn't whether Tibbs would like a guy like Vanderbilt. It's more whether he would actually go so far as to trot out Vanderbilt in some small ball minutes with Randall. Because he clearly doesn't feel doing comfortable doing that with Obi and Randall. Would he feel more comfortable doing that with Randall and Vanderbilt? I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I I think Tibbs probably has his eyes on a bigger fish than Jared Vanderbilt, though. I think that's what every coach would want. He's always going to want the best player. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's just my guess. Uh, LDS. I know Hardenstein is playing a vital role and playing very well, but 
With one year and $8 million left on his deal, maybe it's time to maximize his value right now. I don't know that you're getting much. Like Again, think about what we're talking about here. We're talking about a backup center who I, I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's a backup center. He's a guy that, yes, the Knicks have extended him his minutes recently, and that has looked good. Even in the games that he's played really well um, lately, and he has played very well lately, like we still see... Like unplug my light to replug it in, so something stops popping up on my screen. As we see, even in games he plays well, you know it's not it's not perfect. Um, so he's a backup center who is due to make eight million dollars next year. I don't like it's you know maybe you're picking up a middling second round pick. I don't I don't know that there's a team out there that is like yeah we're like because really at the end of the day like that's what we're talking about right? It's like does someone prioritize this guy as a value add? Meaning either it's a bad team that's looking to take a flyer on a young player that has clear talent, but if the if there's clear talent, then why is the team giving them away? Or more likely, it's a team that is winning games and wants to win more games in the postseason, and they're like, we're going to take a shot on this guy because we believe he could maybe be the, a difference in a playoff game or a playoff series. Like Cardenstein, I don't I can't imagine he's he any team is looking at him as that, you know. Um, but who knows? My guess would be the team that would value him the most would be the team he came from last year, the Clippers, but we'll see. Fountain of Hoop. What's going on, Fountain of Hoop? Macri, it's Mello from Toronto, by the way. What's going on, man? Great to hear from you. Did you catch the LeBron ESPN segment? I thought it was so corny. I know it's not Knicks related, but I had to. Yes, I did. I heard it. I have made my feelings on LeBron James very clear in the past. Uh, he is probably the second greatest player of all time. Um, he is, to me, the poster child of millennialism. And I understand that technically I am a millennial also. As you guys know by now, I, it's, it's, not really, it's not really how I roll. And just the way LeBron goes about his business in front of the cameras is never something that I have been a fan of. Um, you know, but he's earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants. He's LeBron James. <laughs> he's LeBron James. So, you know, God, Godspeed to him. Uh, Jonas, what's going on, Jonas? Uh, rank based on most to least likely to be on the Knicks past the deadline. Oh, there was a Ian got this question a few a few weeks ago. Uh, Mikael Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, um, Gordon Hayward. Oh, Eric Gordon. I wasn't sure who you're referring to there. Jay Crowder, OG Ananobi. Um, I'll go from least likely to most likely. Okay. Least likely to most likely. Again, talking out of my ass here, but this is, here it goes. OG Ananobi. No, actually, I'm sorry. No. Jake Crowder on the bottom. Least likely. Um, I'm trying to decide between Eric Gordon and OG Ananobi. I really do think they're they're trying to at least get in on the OG thing. I don't, I don't know how realistic that is though. Um, eh. I'll go Ananobi next, then Eric Gordon, then Beasley, then then Vanderbilt. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's none of the above. Thanks, Jonas. Juan Sex Fitty One, what's going on, Juan Sex? Leaving out the poison pill and just looking at it in a vacuum. Okay, I know where this is going. What is the worth of our starting five in the market? 
draft or player compensation wise, my God, we could do um, a two hour podcast on that. Um, so you say draft or player compensation wise. <sighs> okay. So like if they went to trade Quentin Grimes right now, I think like, I guess the question would be, would a playoff, would a playoff team give you a future unprotected first round pick for Quentin Grimes? I guess it depends on the playoff, but here's the other thing. It's not just about the value. It's about once that playoff team gives you that, or let's say a 2023, like, I don't know how many playoff teams right now have access to their 2023 first round pick. I actually, I'm looking at the list. I don't think many of them and they're with their, and where there's actually like a need. So it's like, who's like in general. Okay. So in a vacuum, you t- I'm not going to think too deeply into this because otherwise we'll be here for forever. But I think Quentin Grimes is worth like, a first round pick in the first round, in the middle of the first round. Um, again, though, I'm not. Oh, Cleveland. Well, Cleveland traded away is has a lottery. They their pick is out the door. It's lottery protected. But like, let's just pretend this year's Cavs had access to their first round pick. I think they would trade their 2023 pick, first round pick unprotected for Quentin Grimes in a heartbeat. And I think the Knicks say no to that. And then, but let's say Cleveland had like an interesting young player that they could throw in as well, or maybe no, that I don't even think that would do it. Maybe like a protected pick too, their own unprotected pick. And then plus a protected pick. I don't know. I still think the Knicks might say no to that. This is why this is so tough. Cause you're dealing in real world, real world settings. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to be here forever with this. Um, Brunson, I bet you a team would give you, I don't know. Prop Brunson should have the same, roughly the same value as Dejounte Murray fetched from Atlanta last summer. That sounds about right to me. Um, RJ um, has the value of maybe one unprotected first round pick, and I don't think any no team would take the risk that it would ever be a good unprotected first round pick. I think Grimes probably has higher value than RJ. Mitch, Mitch is tough because he's a center. And like what teams need centers and like I know he's good at a lot of things, but like um that's a good question. Who has a higher value, Mitch or Quentin Grimes? Or and around the mic. What if you went to twenty nine other teams and just asked them would you be willing to give up more for Mitch or more for Grimes? I actually I don't I have no idea what the answer to that question would be. My guess is Grimes, but I teams love room protection. Um and then Randall. Your guess is as good as mine, man. <laughs> I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I wish I knew. Juan, Michael Palatino, thoughts on getting Nas Reed? Um, I, I think the Knicks are probably looking long-term at a different center on that roster, but uh, I don't know that there's a need. I think Nas Reed is a center, and we're, we have three centers, one of whom is currently hurt. So I don't wouldn't be someone I looked at. Thanks, Mike. Eddie C, is OB for Bay good for both teams? So like, again, that's a strange one because like, I think I said this a few weeks ago, Sadiq Bey came into the league as the player. It seems like the Knicks have been trying to turn Obi Toppin into for three years. And now Bey has actually gravitated more away from that player and is more putting the ball on the floor, taking less of his shots from behind the arc, um, 
theoretically, he has a higher defensive upside, def- better defensive potential, a little bit more defensive versatility. I think you could see Bay get spot minutes at the three, which I think the Knicks would probably like because maybe you play him alongside Randall here and there. Um, I think the Knicks would probably do it. Um, is Detroit doing that? I don't know. I, like they have a lot of bigs. Like they have Jalen Duran. They have um, what's his face, uh, Beef Stew. So it's not like there's a lot of minutes for Obi at the five. Like that's the thing is I see whatever team trades for Obi is a team that could give him some spot minutes at the five and have the sort of defensive ecosystem to withstand that. And that doesn't that doesn't sound like Detroit. So probably not good for both teams. Thanks, Eddie. Jibo, we should trade the 22 year old whose floor is 26 and three. Uh, I don't know what 22, what 22 year old. Oh, RJ. Um, I mean, that's of that is one way to look at it. Um, I think simplifying RJ Barrett to his counting stats from last year without taking into account like did what he was doing did those did that translate to the team playing better i'm not saying wins just like the team playing better um obviously there's always the efficiency question marks obviously there's an entire other end of the floor and when you're a wing player in the nba it's kind of tough to be a wing player and um have a role on a team where you're on the floor enough t- for enough minutes to get the amount of shots to get you to 20 points if there are significant questions about your defense. And then the other thing that I hate about that slash line, quite frankly, is the three at the end. Because RJ Barrett had the ball an awful lot at the end of last year, an awful lot. He was one of the highest usage players in the league from, we always say it, New Year's Day on. And over that time, he averaged three and a half assists per game, playing like, I don't know, he was playing 37, 38 minutes a night. That's also worrisome. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What's up, Knicks fans? This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest, with keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Out, get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Ben, 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 Ben. What's going on again, Ben? Hey, John. Anyone know anything about the value of Rokas at this point? No, I don't know anything about the value of Rokas. I could see some teams being interested. The Spurs or Kings, maybe. It's just an impossible question, I think, to answer because, like, again, we know what he's doing over there. We know, um, we know 
that he won whatever the award is, the Rising Stars Award in that European League, which like if you look at the other guys who have won that award, it's a pretty impressive list of players. Like clearly he's a guy who's going to come over and if he wants to be an NBA player, he's going to be an NBA player. So I think he has value. My guess is he would have, he has something close to the value of a maybe a protected first round pick. But even that, it's like a protected first round pick, if the team is doing their models and believes that it's going to convey, it's not that they're definitely going to get a player that's better than Rokas with that pick, but it is going to be a player that they select, that they want that they see fitting in their system and they like the whole, they like it and is younger and more t- and the team control issue, as opposed to having to sign a guy to the contract that they're going to have to sign Rokas to. Um, so like, I don't even know if I could say, sit here and be like, yeah, he's the same thing as a protected first round pick. Like maybe the same thing as like a heavily protected first round pick that, that, that is more, perhaps more likely to turn into two seconds than stay a first, something like that. I don't know. I haven't watched enough of them, to be quite honest. I just kind of go by what I read and see. Thanks, Ben. Um, NJ Latino, 85. How many first-round picks would we need to get Brandon Ingram? And Ingram, Nick, uh, Najee, not, not, uh, Nick Marshall um, for Barrett, Rose, and quickly would work. So, again, that wouldn't work right now. I don't. Th- does that work with the poison pill? My My brain is a little broken. Um, looking at this at the moment, um, whatever, whether it works with the poison pill or not, let's just say for argument's sake, it works during the summertime. Um, so you're saying how many first round picks would we need to add to that? Yeah. Najee Marshall. I knew I wasn't going crazy. Um, huh? Honestly, like, I mean, I love quickly so much. I'm so high on quickly and I'm so high on quickly's, place here as like this glue guy who makes everything work together super six man quasi starter if you need him to be like Brandon Ingram's awesome Brandon Ingram's awesome who I man I, I gotta tell you I, I don't I don't know that I want to give up more than like one unprotected first round pick to make that happen and I'm 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 kind of queasy looking at that and I like Ingram a lot. That's an interesting one. I wonder what the Pelicans would, would the Pelicans even entertain that? I, I mean, it would depend on the Pelicans opinion of RJ Barrett, obviously. Like if the Pelicans don't think much of RJ Barrett, like they're not, they're just not going to do that deal. So the Pelicans would have to be really high on RJ Barrett. And I, did, I have no idea if they are. That's an interesting one. That's, that's a very interesting one. MDM, what's going on? MDM, do you, hey, John, do you think there was a financial impact in trading OB merchandise and marketing? How about the impact on the young fan base? I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's a big deal. I look, kid, the kids seem to like OB a lot. Fans love OB, obviously. They sold a lot of OB topping jerseys, the whole thing. Guess what? There's going to be some player here next year that they'll sell a lot of that player's jerseys too. And the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that. Like, you know, I think that's more like that's like if you're like if you're trading away a superstar or even a star player, 
that's a part of the conversation, you know. But no, I don't. I don't, I just don't think it factors in, nor nor should it. But my guess. Thanks, Hamdi. Busy follow up. Hey, what's up, Busy? Follow up from yesterday's question. Paul George for uh, Julius Randle, 2023 first, 2024 swap. Which team says no or both? So to do that trade, are we doing that trade right now? Um, I think the I think the Clippers say no. The Clippers are going to play this out. The Clippers are going to ride it out this year. So the Clippers say no right now. If the Clippers like flame out in horrible fashion in the playoffs, and mm, I don't know, I feel like they'd want more. I feel like they'd want more. Uh, so I think the Clippers would still say no. Um, thanks, Busy. Appreciate it. Ben with another one. John, I'm going to take the contrarian spot. I love the contrarian spot. Uh, I don't think that they're interested in trading Obi. I think they're interested in establishing his value just like they were with Emmanuel quickly. I could hope, can I? You could certainly hope, but like even when Emmanuel, even when we were all sitting around and bitching and moaning and complaining about Emmanuel quickly's minutes, save for a few select, like literal handful of games last year, when Emmanuel quickly's healthy, Pretty much the whole time he's been here, and I'm sure somebody's going to look up. The, it feels like he's getting he gets around 20 minutes, and I guess more to the point, like yes, obviously, if you go back and you look at Emmanuel Quickly's game logs, or just go back and like watch those games, there are times when he is woefully, woefully underinvolved in the offense. But I feel like those times in the grand scheme, if you put a percentage of his total minutes, what percentage are, are, of those minutes are times where he's like woefully underused to the extent that whoever's fault it is, I'm not putting any blame here, whoever's fault it is, that it appears that Obi Toppin is being woefully underused. I do not th- think those two things are even remotely comparable. So like Emmanuel quickly was being used, I think, for the most part, even in the beginning of the season, in a way that allowed him to shine. He they needed to, they there needed to be an adjustment on the Knicks part, I think, a little bit. And it an injury to RJ certainly helped that. He needed to start making some shots, plug it manual quickly. But like you could see it. You could see the path there. Obi Toppin, what the what fucking path are we seeing? Yeah, it's nice he when he makes a couple threes, right? But like, other than that, what what are we like? What what value are they establishing? You know, I I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, this really my life. Good good name for a Knicks fan. The problem with Vanderbilt is that I don't see how Tibbs would use him, how he should be used. Currently, he's being used, and he doesn't space the floor. Yeah, Utah has used him about forty percent of the time as a center. Um, this year, uh, last year, Minnesota used him almost exclusively as a power forward. Now, the big difference between Minnesota and the Knicks is that Minnesota has a stretch five in which Jared Vanderbilt played alongside of in Carl Anthony Towns, a pretty talented stretch five at that, not just not, not Kelly Olinick, who Vanderbilt has played alongside some of this year. So there's absolutely a uh stylistic uh question to be asked um i think uh, 
my guess, again, my, my, my no, nah, this isn't my guess. This is my hope. My hope is that if the Knicks traded for Jared Vanderbilt, they would trade for him, believing that the I think it's nineteen corner threes he's hit this year that that's like real, and that if they up to he's only taken one a game, so that if they maybe, you know, and again the. You maybe they're looking at it and looking at it and say, okay, well, the reason Jared Vanderbilt only takes one corner three a game in Utah is because he's played a fair amount of minutes with, you know, a lot more spacing. So he, you know, he could be in the dunker spot. Again, I haven't watched enough of the Jazz to say this definitively, but perhaps that's part of the thing. And perhaps the Knicks feel like if we, he'd get more corner three opportunities here and he'd be able to be more successful with those additional opportunities. Mostly, I just think. That they would they like what he offers on the glass and what they like they like what he offers as far as defensive versatility. But I it's a very fair comment. Extremely fair. J Vertical, RJ and Fournier for OG and Anobi, and then trade Grimes Randall for Booker this summer. A lot of a lot of moving parts there. I don't think uh don't think Phoenix is entertaining that one. And I I quite frankly don't think uh the the Raptors are gung ho about that for for OG. That also would not Sadly, work under the salary cap. Thank you, Jay Vertical. Busy thoughts on Obi to Sacramento. Sabonis is a hell of a passer. A nice front court pairing. The Kings have such a great thing going right now with Harrison Barnes as their four. You know, so like you're going to stagger to put Obi next to Sabonis so you could take advantage of Sabonis's passing maybe from like the high post. Okay. Um, I guess, but like again, you're not it's not like Jokic, where Jokic is doing a lot of his work from above the three point arc, so it really it it opens the entire floor. Sabonis doesn't have that kind of floor spacing, so it would give, I think, Obi a little bit less room to work as a cutter and someone who ducks in from like, you know, the corner or whatever. I mean, uh, you know, it's possible. You could name twenty nine other teams and you could theoretically forecast a better fit than he's had in New York. That's the reality of the situation, and that's why this is so angsty for so many fans. And I don't blame anybody. Danny Gardner, what's going on, Danny? Thoughts on an RJ? I saw you DM me. I haven't had a chance to look at DMs today. It's been a, it's been a crazy few days. Thoughts on an RJ, D-Rose, Evan Fournier for Russ, plus the Lakers two picks deal. I mean, we've been talking about this for a year, right? Uh, Danny says, uh, I don't think it's on their mind, but if the Lakers would do it, the Knicks should. Yeah, I mean, oh my God. I mean, I, I mean the RJ part of it obviously complicates that. the The RJ part of it complicates that. Uh, do the numbers work out? Russ is making. Hold on, I know we're short on time, Andrew, but the the my math brain is not allowing me. Forty seven times one point two is fifty eight minus twenty six incoming for RJ. Minus 18 for Fournier. I ooh, Wow. I think it just works, Danny. I think it just works. <laughs> Good job by you. Um, would I do that? So you're trading RJ for two future first round picks from the Lakers. You know what? <laughs> As will shock nobody who thinks I despise RJ Barrett and I want him off my team ASAP. I would do that. I think the valuation is too good. I think the I think the valuation is too good. Those pick those two picks. 
I mean, I'll just say this. Go to 29 NBA teams, 28 NBA teams, and give them the choice. Do you want the two future Laker unprotected picks or do you want R.J. Barrett? Have an honest moment. Every every R.J. stand out there. Have an honest moment with yourself. Qu- quiet moment with your thoughts. Think teams are picking R.J.? Clearing a lot of cap space, too, there if you're the Knicks. It's interesting. Stanley Mann, uh, why would the Pelicans want Barrett when they have better talent on their team? Where's the fit? Again, that's the question I asked, and I think it would come down to um, maybe they think Ingram's a flight risk. Maybe they think Zion eventually wants to try to force himself out. Maybe they think Zion plus RJ keeps Zion around longer. Um, maybe they maybe they think RJ will continue to get better. Um, I don't know, but the quick the, the reason that trade threw me for a loop is loop is the quickly inclusion. Which is like a guy like I, I think the talk about a good fit. I think the Pelicans could use a guy like Emmanuel quickly. I think they do well with him. Thanks, Stanley. Tom Dan's Obi Sims reddish and one of our protected firsts. Hold on, let me wrap my mind around that. Uh, Obi Sims reddish and one of our protected firsts for Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. Is that money work out? I'll trust you that the money works out. I don't think the Suns will go over the tax for a Johnson extension. So the question there is, um, so I mean, now if they're if they're doing a cam, like a couple things, the whole reason they wanted to trade great Jay Crowder to begin with is because they wanted to get starting minutes for Cam Johnson. So the notion that you're going to now trade Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, I, again, I, I agree. I see what you're saying with going over the tax for Johnson, but like. I think you got to get more sure things back. Like you got to get someone who who's definitely going to be a, a, a fit, a starting fit in your lineup. And like the notion of going from Cam Johnson to Obi Toppin, they more they would have to be really high on Obi Toppin. Maybe they are. I, I think the Knicks would. <sighs> That's the other part of it. Is like I could see maybe you you do that trade and maybe the Suns push for a, an unprotected Knicks pick somewhere there, which I don't think the Knicks would give. But like, or maybe multiple protected firsts, or something like that, something to make up the difference in the draft compensation. But the Suns are famously—they don't care about the draft. They've said this much on the record. So, like, the notion that you're going to make up the difference in terms of draft compensation. Now, if you want to then turn around and tell me that it's all in the design of getting Kevin Durant over the summer, well, I, maybe that—I don't know. Maybe that's a different story. But like, I'll give you this: it's not as insane as I. Thought it was when I first read it. Just like the creativity, Tom. Uh, Capo one two nine one. Salute, Knicks gang. What's the cause and effect of not being able to move off Cam Reddish? Uh, nothing. Um, the they waive him after the deadline and let him go try to sign somewhere. I like. Uh, you know who Cam Reddish is? Um, Cam Reddish is Colonel Markinson from Few Good Men. There is no Markinson. He's gone. You could be Markinson, and I wouldn't know it. Are you Markinson? Uh, Vasco Albuquerque. Is there a world where we don't trade Cam and he leaves in the offseason? <laughs> leaves. He's going to get bought out. If so, what does this say about the front office coach alignment protected, but we did give up a first round pick? It's a disaster. 
It's a disaster. It's absolutely a disaster. It showed they made a fucking trade in the middle of pop. I would argue the moment when the coach front office relationship was at its most strained. They made that trade then. And I would, I, again, I could just picture their, their like whatever room they have where they have these meetings or dis- the discussions where it's like, all right, well, you know, it, you know, it would be, it would be Grimes and a protected first for Cam. And Tom Thibodeau stands up and be like, you're trading fucking Quentin Grimes in a first round pick for Cam Reddish over my dead body. And then, you know, Brock Aller or Worldwide West uh, is like, okay, fine. We won't we won't include Grimes in the deal. It'll just be the first round pick. Tibbs on his way out of the room. Hey, do whatever the fuck you want. It storms out. Picks up the phone. Okay, we, you got a deal. I can see it being something like that, you know, where they it just was not discussed nearly enough. Um. But who the hell knows? All right, that's it. I if you're watching this still, um, you check your your I guess your Twitter feed or go. I don't know where the hell the video SNY maybe SNY's YouTube channel. I'm gonna go over there, hop on with uh, the great Ian Bigley uh, and the great Jake Fisher to talk trades. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll have some uh, we'll have some fun. Uh, hopefully, maybe get some some inside info. But thanks for watching. Be back. Uh, the plan is to be back tomorrow. And then, of course, Thursday for the biggest extravaganza, me and Jeremy will be on live at two o'clock. So see you then. Thank you. Take care. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.